listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Across midfield, Jones just waiting for somebody. Jones inside the 20 to the 10, and for the fifth time in his career, will not be stopped. This drives at a pull up three. Oh, drives. Dead high shooter. Blair to Patterson in the corner for three. To midcourt. That's Mark at the buzzer. And we are live. Welcome to another episode of Let's Rage Coops, the unofficial post-game show of the University of Houston Athletics. Here we are joined. Uh, my name is Andy Anas. You can follow me on Twitter at Ayanas underscore five. I'm joined by Dayan Dunlap. Dayan, I'll let you introduce yourself in a little bit. Go ahead. Actually, right now, introduce yourself. Hey, man. I'm Dayan Dunlap. As you can see below, my that's my Twitter handle. Follow me on Twitter. Color commentator for the women's basketball team. All their home games broadcasting on ESPN Plus. Do high school football and basketball. But right now, it's all about the Cougs, man. Let's talk Cougs. They just came off a dominating win in the semifinal in the conference tournament. For sure. The University of Houston men's basketball team advances once again to the American Athletic Conference championship game. They will play the winner of number two seed and three seeds at uh, SMU in Memphis, who are just, I believe they just tipped off uh, momentarily. They will play the winner of them. Uh, but let, right now we'll focus on Houston, who in the semifinals, they defeated Tulane for the third time this season. Final score was 86 to 66 in favor of Houston. And, uh, We've talked about it all season long in terms of uh, Houston has been able to do it with an eight-man rotation. They've lost Marcus Sasser. They lost Tremont Mark. What's today against Tulane? It happened again, this time against what Kelvin, who Kelvin Sampson has called their best player in Fabian White Jr. this season. He goes out. He only plays three minutes. Kelvin Sampson talked about it post-game in the post-game uh, Zoom availability where you know, shoot around. He was fine. Kellen Sampson comes up to Kelvin Sampson talking about how uh, Fabian White Jr.'s back had uh, tightened up on him. And he starts doing work. Uh, the trainer, the head athletic trainer for the University of Houston men's basketball team, John Houston, uh, told Kelvin Sampson that it wasn't uh, letting up. It was still tightened. Uh, of course, he said Fabian White was going to try to go. Uh, they went with him. He started, and he said that the first uh, play, they went to Fabian White to see how he would do, and he missed it by a mile. I believe it was uh, the phrase by a few feet. It was what Kelvin Sampson said post game. Yeah. That's when he knew that he wasn't going to be able to go in this game. And and immediately, I mean, Tulane jumps off to that 9 2 start. Kelvin Sampson calls a timeout. He pulls Fabian White Jr., and then that's it for him for the rest that's of the it. game. He only ends up playing uh, three minutes total. But, of course, it, in comes in Jaywan Roberts, who he was an X-Factor in this game. We talked about it literally uh, last yesterday in our postgame show. They needed bench production with Jaywan Roberts. All he did was go in and get a double-double, 10 points, 13 rebounds. And what was that? That was the story of the game right there. The battle of the boards, Houston completely dominated, not only in rebounds in total, but offensive rebounds. They they yep. had a 17-3 edge over Tulane, which translated into a 30 to nothing second chance point advantage, which is just absurd. Third, a day on what were your main takeaways from this game? Uh, and, and we'll bring in uh, Akib shortly. 
Man, just culture. I know you hear it all the time. Culture, culture, culture. And really just Jaywan coming in and being that presence inside. You mentioned 13 rebounds, but five offensive rebounds. And he, he kind of helped set the tone early. And then Kyler got going. And we talked about it a, a lot yesterday. And um, Akibi actually mentioned that when Kyler's making shots, we can blow teams out. And he was making shots, and it was a blowout. But I think it was more than that, more of the team effort, more defense and rebounding. I mean, Kyler, not only was he making shots, he just affects the game in so many ways. Coach Sampson just said on the post game on how Kyler's the best defensive player on the best defensive team. He said he would have voted him um, defensive player of the year in the conference, but he's just a warrior. He's just tough from Coach Sampson's words, 20 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. I mean, that's, that's an all-around game. And even when his shot isn't falling, he still puts up those assists and those rebounds numbers. And so, I mean, it was a good game overall, and like Osim said, it it was over. It was past due, and I think it was over too, man. It was it was about time that he he started getting shots to fall in, and like he said, he said he talked to Fade before the game, and so he came in locked in, knowing that he had to produce even more that Fade wasn't really going to be able to play, and so just takes me back when Marcus then went out, Kyler immediately stepped up, and so. I think now just him sustaining this high level of play. We know he can bring it on the defensive end, assisting and rebounding, but it's maintaining that high um, offensive level of play because Houston needs it. Okay, what were your main takeaways from Houston throttling of Tulane in the American Athletic Conference semifinals? Yeah, that was a, that was an impressive game, and just like we said on the last show, you know, when when we're hitting our shots, we could be blowing out teams, and that's what. I'd like to see, you know, moving forward, obviously, if, if we can get Kyler Edwards going, you know, he's always getting his shots and he's always making the right plays. He's never, you know, and today, like, for example, he had, what, eight assists, zero turnovers. And on top of that, he led us in scoring as well, 20 points. I think he had, what, six, six, three, six for 12 from three. So, I mean, if he's doing that on a consistent basis, like, I, we're one of the toughest teams to beat in the country. And we still are one of the toughest teams to be in the country, even when we're not, you know, playing our best or not shooting well. But, you know, if you, you could see the the second chance opportunities, uh, I think it ended up being 29 points to zero, which I'm, I'm flabber- 30 to zero. So I'm, yeah. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to describe that. Like, that's just a beat down. You know, you could see from the, from the box score, we won by 20, but like to have, to be 30 and oh, on second chance points is like it's almost unheard of. Yeah, and for sure. And let's get right into it. Um, you know, we mentioned bench production. We talked about Jaywan Roberts' impact. Uh, Dayon Dunlap, I, I'll, let, I'll let you go first. What did you see from him? Uh, he he got to speak to reporters after the game. He talked about his mindset, just going in there, play hard, and get as many rebounds as he possibly can. And that's exactly what he did today against Tulane. Yeah, I mean, he, he always does that grab the boards. But it was good to see him finish around the rim. Um, and that, that was good to see him finishing around the rim and being aggressive. Uh, I think it's one thing, but like he said, he just plays within his role. He's a star within his role, and that's what great role players do. And he always grabs rebound. Well, with Fabian being out, he had to add a little bit more, in which he did that, which just finished around the rim, catching and being aggressive, looking to score. And so I was very impressive um, with him on the floor. And it's really just kind of looking forward to the future when Fabian is gone. Um, I know with the recruiting class we've got coming in, and Jay won I think it's not going to be a drop-off. I think you're only going to see him continue to develop just like Fabian developed. So I was very, very impressed with his game. 
Okay, but on that note, what, what did you see from Jaywan Roberts? What did you see from some of the other players, not just Kyler Edwards, who, like you said, it, it uh, Kelvin Sampson said he was due for one of these shooting games. He kind of broke the dam and he hit six three pointers. He shot fifty percent from three, which is a uh, that's an absurd percentage, especially if you like factor in with effective field goal percentage and all that uh, stuff. But Tajay Moore, he had a good performance and really he had a quiet seventeen points. Uh, he also dished it out. He had seven assists, but obviously, of course, Josh Carlton he had another big game. He had 16 points, just top down and bottom. It, it seemed like this was a much more uh, team win. And, and once again, I'd like to remind everyone, this was basically a seven-man rotation that Houston rode out there uh, for the entire game. They were able to, to honestly dominate Tulane after their initial nine to uh, start to the game. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, Jaywan Roberts played amazing. And uh, I think Chris on the last show made a point to say he's been finishing a lot better at the rim um, over the course of the season, he had missed kind of some bunnies, you know, point blank. And now he's hitting those and that makes him really dangerous. And we saw a couple of times where he even was able to get post moves. And I think today he had a double double, which is amazing. You know, he was like, he definitely embodied the next man up mentality. So uh, him, he was one of our, I, I would say Kyler Edwards was our best player tonight or today rather, but I mean, Jaywan Roberts was huge on the glass and, he also helped us, you know, and when we were kind of not getting our buckets, he kind of made it a point to, you know, go for those second chance opportunities and uh, clean up the glass. So I liked, I liked what I saw from him. I liked what I saw from Tajay. Like, like I said, last, um, last show, this man, I don't see him as many mid range <laughs> jump shots. Like I wish we had, I wish we had like the actual analytics on that, right. but I, yeah. I think in college stats, it's kind of hard to, to find those, um, but like I don't see him miss a ton, you know, of uh, mid-range jump shots. And Josh Carlton was, you know, Josh Carlton. So I think, and we, I, I think aside from Reggie Cheney, everyone stayed out of foul trouble. That was a huge thing for me. So yeah, that's a, that was another key factor uh, there uh, for, for kind of a question for the panel. Uh, Kyler Edwards after the game, he told ESPN. You know, Houston's still playing with a chip on their shoulder. And he, he said, you know, they asked him how the team was able to, you know, play as well as they did after Fabian White didn't win out of the game. And he talked about how it's been what they've done the entire year. He, he mentioned the next man up mentality. But then what, what uh, really caught my eye was what he said towards the end, where they still have a chip on their shoulder because no one believes in them to make a legit push. What do you guys uh, think about that comment that Edwards had to say towards to, to ESPN after the game? I mean, I, I loved it. I think that starts from top. Uh, I think that's the message Coach Sampson is proved he can make a run. I mean, they got Houston projected was a four or five seed, which is not bad. But if there was, the full team was there, would probably be a one, two seed and <clears throat> probably could have the same record, if not even better. So why not have at least a, um, around that same seed? And so, I mean, the, the confidence is high. I, I, I was very – I wasn't surprised, but it was good to hear him actually come out and say it. Yeah, yeah, I was able also able, I was able to catch that as well, and uh, it's crazy to. I'm uh, sorry to cut you off, Andy, but yeah, it's no, crazy no. to see from uh, uh, from a guy like Kyler Edwards to mention that next man up mentality when he's like one of our go to guys for UH. So it speaks a lot about our culture. Like even if the way he plays, especially he's like he's looking to make the right plays, and he doesn't seem to be like a guy that needs to be ball dominant. You know, like maybe a Quinn and Grimes, but at the same time, like, I love his game, like, what he brings uh, defensively on the rebounds, his passing, 
He doesn't make very many mistakes, and his veteran presence, you know, being there for the team has helped us tremendously. I wanted to add something that Keith said about Tajay because I agree. He he doesn't miss many mid-range shots. And then I know he shot seven threes, but none of them were forced threes. They were all in rhythm in the offense. And then once he didn't take any more, like once he gets inside, whether it's mid-range, all the way in the paint, he's like so explosive and just so athletic. It's, it looks like it's almost automatic, man. I, man, they, and I didn't even realize he had seven assists until you mentioned. And I went back and looked, yeah. and so he he is a complete player. Just imagine him coming off the bench and the team that we would have had. But Tajay, another big game. I just wanted to add that in for sure. And, and I put the comment on there, uh, for a YouTube comment from SB. He asked, "Does Kelvin sit Fabian White Jr. tomorrow for the tournament?" And uh, Dayan, we were both in the uh, post-game availability, and, and Kelvin, honestly, he kind of hinted at it. He talked about um, how he had spoken with Fabian White after the game. He said that his back was still bothering him, and and even he made an interesting comment where, yes, tomorrow's game will be the American Athletic Conference Championship. They'll play either SMU or Memphis. Um and obviously the, the conference tournament, the conference title has its own prestige, its own, uh, it, it'll be nice to win it. But obviously, of course, with this team, uh, the NCAA tournament is right around the corner. And he, his comment was, it might not be a decision they even have to make um, in Calvin Sampson's words, just because of how it's still bothering Fabian White. And uh, what Calvin said is that honestly, when it comes to seating uh, in terms of the NCAA tournament, they might already be set. Dayon, you mentioned it. Uh, most projections out there, they have them as a five seed. Um, that it seems like they might be on the bubble of being able to, to crack into the top, uh, into a four seed, depending on if, uh, however, some of the other teams ahead of them crack up. And obviously, of course, uh, I would imagine that the outcome of tomorrow's championship game. But at the end of the day, do you, do you guys feel like there's a big difference into whether Houston is a four or five seed and, and should they be more cautious in terms of Fabian White? It just certainly seems like uh, Kelvin was leading that direction. Dan, I can yeah, either you can go. Yeah, yeah, I, I was gonna let you have. I thought you. Were, um, <laughs> I, I think he definitely should rest Fabian, especially because I mean we got bigger fish to fry. Well, Houston has bigger fish to fry. Looking down the line, and you want Fabian to be as healthy as possible. And like you, I mean, like you just said, Coach Simpson said in the um, after the game that he might not even have to make that decision. If Fabian isn't as well as he's feeling. I mean, as well as he needs to be to play then he won't play. And so, I mean, but if Houston wins without Fabian, I mean, against whoever, SMU or Memphis in that championship game, I think it has to boost him at least maybe to the four or five C. But either way, I don't really think um, it, it matters much because Houston is who they are. And so I, whether they win tomorrow or he rests and plays tomorrow, I think just looking at the big picture is more important having – a healthy Fabian going down the line. Yeah, to answer your question, Andy, it is important to, I mean, to win the tournament in a sense, if we're looking at um, implications as far as seeding goes with the four and five seed, I think I think Joe Lenardi has us literally um, like number on one on the fifth seed. Yeah. Uh, so like a w- for sure, I think a win for in the uh, AAC tournament um, tomorrow that gets us into a four seed. Um, a lot of people have us as a five seed right now. And uh, but then if, if we're going off of what Dayon said, I think it's 
also at the same time, it's kind of important to like rest Fabian because I mean, Fabian's obviously a big part of our team and we need him tomorrow. But at the same time, like, you know, that usually back stiffness and back tightness, it doesn't just go away in yeah. one day. And like we see guys like, you know, Tracy McGrady, like who's suffered throughout his whole career from probably not rehabbing or not resting enough. Uh, so we don't definitely don't want that for Fabian. And like, I definitely see him as more of an important um leader that we need in the NCAA tournament. I mean, for us, it, yeah, as far as seeding, yes, maybe we need him to, like, f- for tomorrow's game. But at the same time, uh, I'm I'm on the same side as Dayon. Like, I'd rather him rest than just play poorly with a back injury. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we talked about yesterday was was the depth and getting bench production. And with Fabian out, they got bench production today with J1. So if Fabian's out, we'll just consider him a starter. But today he came off the bench in his normal role, 10 points. But although he played more minutes, we talked about his points. But also Ramon Walker, he gave you 11.6 rebounds. Ray G also gave you five points. So, so that bench production also is going to be key, especially in the championship game. They have to continue to get bench production whether it's, it's from Ramon, Ramon or Reggie. I think that's very important. And that was key today, something we talked about on yesterday's show. Yeah, they, um, yeah. go ahead, Andy. No, I, I was going to segue into a different point. So if you're going to mention okay. something, I'll, I'll let you get the word in. Yeah, that, you know, that the bench production is huge because, like, if you look at the box scores the last four or five couple of games, I think we're – very rarely do we even hit double fig, double digits in bench points. And that's like that, that hurts us a lot. Not being able to get that when we do rest our guys, because we're only, we're so limited on an eight man rotation. Yeah. And I, I will say this in terms of rest, um, you know, obviously last week Houston went on that stretch where they played four games in in the span of eight days and uh, concluding with the, the eighth, uh, the fourth game in Memphis, on Sunday, now they were able to get a couple of days rest in between the week before the start of the NCAA, uh, the American Athletic Conference tournament. But that's this is not going to be the third game in, the, in three straight days. If you go back two weeks, they're going to go a stretch where they have played seven games in 15 days. So certainly they're going to have uh, fatigue is going to play a big factor going into it. And I, I agree with, with what both of you have said and what we're seeing along um, some of our viewers in the comments where it seems like they, they want to be more cautious, especially like Akib, you mentioned with, with back um any type of back injury is so tricky because it's not a you know it's not like a rolled ankle where you know i said uh you can uh you know treat it and you know maybe it'll be painful but it won't limit you in in terms of mobility like there, there's ways to move around it with a back it's so much it affects so much of your movement it affects a whole bunch of different avenues that, that depending on how serious it is so i agree it should probably be a more cautious approach with the ncaa tournament right around the corner that being said being able to tout that you have won the american athletic conference postseason tournament for the second straight year and and you know as you see in the ticker this is now the fourth straight year that the university of houston has qualified for the american athletic conference championship game obviously of course there was no tournament in the 2020 season due to 
COVID. Uh, but, but I want to digress uh, and and talk more about just the the domination that we saw from Houston on the glass. Um, you mentioned it, especially offensive rebound. It was a, an absurd 17 <laughs> to three advantage. But overall, in terms of rebounding, they out rebounded Tulane 43 to 21. And obviously, of course, Dayon, you mentioned it that that plays to Houston's culture. That's their favorite word. Uh, it's not only the next man out mentality, but it's their toughness. It's their ability to crash the glass. And Calvin Sampson in his post game availability talked about well, Kyler Edwards is shooting. How one something he'd like to reiterate to him was, well, don't worry about missing the first shot because the way Houston plays, they're going to go and fight and try to get those rebounds. And that's something that they were able to dominate too late in uh, too late in in this game. Uh, what what did you guys see in that aspect? Uh, Dayon, I'll let you go first. Yeah, Coach Sampson often says sometimes our best shot is a missed shot. And I mean that was true today. That most of the they got over fifty percent of their missed shots today. And that's huge. And that translates. Like your shots aren't always going to fall, but defense and rebounding translates. We saw that in a tournament last year, and you see that from game to game. Rebounding and defense can help keep you in the game but you got to make shots to actually win a game. And so it was a sight to see everyone came in and contributed even well. And just more um, props to Coach Sampson. I mean, he just empowers his players. I think the players among themselves knew that Fabian wasn't 100%. And so knowing that next man up and knowing that you're going to get the call, Coach Sampson's going to believe in you, that only, in my opinion, empowers you even more to play hard, to go get them offensive rebounds and doing the things that you practice, that they practice um, day in and day out. So that was a sight to see. And shots, they were falling today for the most part. But when they aren't falling and you can go get those offensive rebounds and also defensive rebounds because you don't want to give up second chance points on the defensive end either. And so rebounding is definitely key and they definitely dominated the board. The numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, you can't um, – when it comes to, like, looking at basketball on the offensive end, you can't you – can, you, can't, you can only control so much when it comes to shot making. Like, yeah, there's catching and shooting in rhythm, you know, not taking bad shots. But when you are taking good shots, sometimes they just don't fall your way, you know, unless you're like Steph Curry, you know. You're not, you're not going <laughs> to hit – you, I mean, even he's struggling, uh, you know, on his standards right now. He's but, had his slumps. Yeah, exactly. So that's you can't control your shot making always. So the only thing you can't control is playing defense and rebounding, and that's what UH does best in the country. Um, they're probably, I think, in rebound. I, I don't know what the rebound margin is right now, but I'm sure they're top ten um, uh, in the country right now. And uh, I think also in uh, there's certain defensive metrics, they're top five in the country as well. Um, but yeah, th- those are the things you can't control, and that's that's part of our culture. Looking for a better way to rep H Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston. All original. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I'll end up, uh, I'll pull that up in a second. But on that note, uh, we will join, Chris, joining us on the show, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Um, this would be a good time to plug in. This would be a good time to have a sponsored segment. Chris Gardner join us, joining us via the um, X name company hotline or whatever. We, we, we will come up with it, but <clears throat> just had to plug that in there. Chris, thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Well put, young man. You- be like Ernie Johnson did back in the day about uh, your sponsor name here. We, we need that. Yeah, your plug yeah. here, your company right here. That works for me. I'm doing great, and hopefully we do get sponsors for this. I think yesterday was a big success, and hopefully we'll do more of these in the future. That's the plan for these uh, less rate Cougs to go forward for other sports, too, for UH Athletics. So, But, yep, Cougs shot almost 50% and still had a 30 to 0 advantage in second chance points that is insane man <laughs> that is insane yeah. and that's why they had the big win you know so i was i was wrong yesterday i said uh, i chose tazi Moore as more important than kyle edwards well kyle edwards probably saw the show and apparently saw the show and and uh, said i'm going to show chris and the guys on less rage coogs that i'm more important to the team and he was great today you know, made six threes, eight assists, seven rebounds. He did a little bit of everything, only one turnover. He was fantastic. So kudos to him for bouncing back. Hey, we we laugh honestly. It might be it might be true. He mentioned it and uh, to ESPN where he they he said the teams read what um, other teams have, would have other people have said about Houston. So uh, you never know who's watching. But on that note, Chris, um, right, let's talk a little bit more of, of the Tulane perspective that we we haven't really gotten into. But you know, one of the players that we mentioned um, before we kind of signed off yesterday was Kevin Cross and how potentially he could cause a bit of a matchup problem for Houston and especially a, a specific. Josh Carlton. I mean, you look at, at the stat sheet, he had a decent game, 13 points, five rebounds, seven assists. But um, when you look at the game overall, it never really seemed after that that initial um, burst that Tulane had to start the game. It seemed like Houston had control of that game uh, from that point forward, especially once they, they answered with an 11-0 run. And honestly, they never relinquished the lead after that. Um, just what did you see from Tulane from uh, the Greenway perspective? They missed uh, their best player, you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Cook. He was without him. You know, he's their one of their key scorers. They don't have enough weapons to combat with Houston's defense. You know, Houston makes you spread out your offense and get points from multiple positions. And if you don't have enough guys to do that, you're going to struggle. And Tulane struggled. They didn't make threes very well for most of the second half. And then the Cougs defense kind of, we could see, we could tell that the Cougs do not play zone defense a lot because mm-hmm. they seem clueless in where to be, what spots to be a few times in the second okay. half. So that was an issue. But, uh, you know, Tulane just didn't have enough bullets in the gun to uh, compete against a team that was so hot offensively and on the glass like Houston was today. Yeah, I think as, as B comments, as you see on the screen, is right. I mean, really kind of had no chance without Cook. And, and like Chris just said, I mean, he's second in the conference and scoring the average with 18 points per game. And that's a lot. He's a lot like um, how Marcus was for Houston in the sense that he can create his own shot. And, and so, I mean, that, that's hard to replace. Before and Cross played well. I forgot. I think um, the guy that came off the bench that had a good game, Coach Sampson, complimented him as well. I think they said he was a sophomore. And Tulane, man, Coach Hunter, I, I, they have a good team, a young team. I, I, 
I think they're going to be really good in the American Conference, especially next season. If they're able to retain their core players, because you know how the transfer portal is and the different things like that, if they can retain their core, I, I think they can be really good. I think Coach Hunter said, um, Dayan, he mentioned they have, what, two sophomores and three freshmen in their, like, main core. So yep. mm-hmm. that's a promising future for the program. And he, he did joke with – and this, this is how the conference has evolved. Because when it first started, you know, obviously UConn won the championship, but, but Cincinnati was the, the best team in the conference. Houston is now the best team in the conference. Coach Hunter said, we've beaten everybody else in the conference except Houston. So they are the flagship. We're trying to be like them and beat them. And he joked right at the opening of his, his postgame comment. He's like, well, if we can't beat y'all, Coach Sampson, can y'all go ahead and leave the Big 12 now? <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I caught that in um, as well. Interesting. Uh, real quickly before we uh, move forward, uh, a bit of a score update in the other semifinals game in the American Athletic Conference tournament. Memphis leads SMU 20-13 to with about 7.43 left in the first half. Um, so it's the Tigers with the, with the um, advantage. Um, just over halfway into the first half in that game. Uh, Chris, when it comes to, and we, we mentioned it at yesterday in terms of bench production, uh, obviously, of course, the story of this game was Fabian White, who only played three minutes. Calvin Sampson talked about how, you know, they, they realized he had back stiffness, uh, stiffness problems after shoot-around, and he said that the first play of the game was drawn up to see if Fabian White was good to go. And after um, his first shot, Kelvin said that he realized that he was not going to be able to go. Uh, and that first player that went into the game for Fabian White was Jaywan Roberts. And right off the gate, I mean, obviously he finished with a double-double for the game, but he had a big impact against Tulane. A couple questions. What, what does it say that it was Jaywan Roberts was the first player off the bench and not necessarily any other big? It could have possibly been Reggie Chaney, but also the impact that, that Roberts did have in the production that, that was given to him, the opportunity that was given to him. He, he once again played up to his ability. He's got the potential to first thing first get the rebounds. But we touched on it yesterday. He scored a little bit today. So he has that in his game. You know, he said a while ago that his confidence never wavered. We could see it, it wavered. You know, we could see the, by his action on the floor that he was struggling mentally. You know, he didn't get rebounds. He wasn't hustling. He was missing layups. So he's human. It's okay to say it. You know, we're not going to be mad at you for – we see you struggling. You know, if your confidence <laughs> wavered, that's all right. He's bounced back. He's playing better now. And, and he stepped up with Fabian and only playing, what, two minutes today. And I think, you know, I'll say it. I don't think Fabian should play tomorrow. I don't care who's – if it's Memphis or SMU. If Fabian's back is bothering him. And, and Coach Sampson, he touched on it. He said Fabian's back may make the uh, answer very simple. His yeah. back may not allow him to, to play tomorrow. So he won't even – won't even be a question. So, but, yeah, if Fabian's not close to 100%, why even risk it? Yeah, we touched on that a little bit, Chris, uh, right before you joined – and we all agree with you, um, you know, if it's we sh- he shouldn't play through it or force anything, especially because I think with the the first round of the NCAA tournament, if you don't count the, um, you know, the play in games, first four in. Uh, like, I think I don't know. I think Thursday is when the first round would start. Right. right? Good start on so, Thursday for them. Yep. Yeah. So 
you know, today's Saturday. I mean, that gives you um, four or five days, like, rest, you know, un- unless he's practicing. But I think I agree with your sentiment, Chris. Like, I think I wouldn't play him tomorrow if it's bothering him that much. And I'm going to say it, and I could be wrong, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I just – it seemed kind of strange to me to see Jamal Sherrod wearing a long sleeve shirt and then having a towel over his head and, and sitting on the bench. I wonder if he's under the weather, if he's fighting something himself. And if he is, he shouldn't play tomorrow. You know, Houston's in the tournament, okay? If they're not healthy – they have a championship and you know they got the regular season title but if they don't know healthy win and i'm not saying that they can't win tomorrow without fabian and with jamal being sick or whatever because they're going to try to win because that's who they are but if they don't they're still going to tournament you know regardless it's all good yep i agree 100 i did notice that too i did find that a a bit odd I, i hope he is all right but I mean, I, I echo those same words. If he, neither one of them are 100%, just rest him. I mean, especially Fabian, because the back, and as a big guy, whether you guard him, it don't matter. But as a back, that's not, like you said, it's not an ankle, something that you ice up or stretch out. I mean, it, it needs rest. So, I mean, I hope he's feeling his best. My, my prayers and everything is going out to Fabian because he worked so hard to get to this point and have the season that he's had and is having, I hope he's able to continue and and just play in the tournament just for his sake, not even for me as a fan or anything, just for the work that he put in. Yeah, for sure. And when you look at uh, kind of the numbers wise, he had a quiet game after the the big impact where he had uh, last night against Anana yesterday in their first round against Cincinnati, where it was clear that he was one of the two key players that kind of kept Houston the game while Cincinnati was in that run. You know, only had five points. He did hit a, a big three early in the second half, but six assists, two turnovers. It seemed like his impact uh, was very much uh, reduced from what it was just 24 hours ago. So that'll be that could be something to monitor. And he only played 30 minutes, albeit. It was, uh, uh, for the most part, a game Houston had in control, certainly into the second half. But uh, when it comes to minutes-wise, it has been this entire stretch, uh, certainly since conference play has started. That's certainly a low end for, for Shed and, and when, it, it, when it hasn't been that he's been in foul trouble. So that, that might be something to keep an eye on. That being said, they already basically ran a seven-man rotation against Tulane. Um, could you see them going with a six-man rotation in the championship or in, in that point? If Shed doesn't play, Fabian White doesn't play, would you see it more of a, you know, we got to give Robbie Armbrester more minutes. We got to give, um, heck, I mean, he's pretty much the only player, if you count also Ryan Elvin, but uh, well, JV yeah. or Francis. Pull, pull up a cold comment, Andy. Whoever plays tomorrow for Houston, they're going to try to win the championship. They're going to try to win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I don't want anybody to play who's sick, anybody to play who's injured. Winning tomorrow in the grand scheme of things means squat as opposed to winning in the NCAA tournament. They're going to pl- try to win tomorrow if it's Robbie Armbrester, Ramon Walker, and J.V.A. Francis and Ryan Elba starting the game. They're going to try to win. But, you know, Coach is going to play the guys. He's going to play Taze Moore. He's going to play his starters. He's going to play those guys, give him a chance to win. But if Jamal Shedd is sick, he's not going to play. Coach Sampson's not going to risk Jamal's health just to win a conference tournament championship when they have, when they don't need to win it. So we're not, we're not talking about playing guys 
just for winning this conference championship? For what? They don't need to win tomorrow to get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no one. Uh, yeah, to, I agree with you, Chris. You know, whenever we look at, you know, fans in general, we remember um, what kind the the type of banners we hang up, and it's usually we don't remember who won the AAC tournament last year. Like, I mean, I think UH won last year, obviously, right? But um, at the same time, like we we think about a Final Four run or a Sweet Sixteen run. Those to me are more important. AAC tournament is very important as well, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, hanging up a banner that says like Sweet 16 or Final Four is is more important to me. And and let me say this, if Fabian can't play and Jamal, you know, like I said, Jamal's going to be really sick, sick to not play, but I would give J.B. Francis more minutes. He's got a bright future. And give Robbie more minutes. You know, Ramon Walker more minutes. If they get more minutes Sunday, they might be needed in the NCAA tournament for a five-minute spell if somebody gets in foul trouble. That's more important than winning a conference championship to me. Clearly, the players go out to win every game that they can. But the guys who won championship last year, been there, done that. If they're sick and injured and can't go tomorrow, that's different. If they cannot play tomorrow, they're not going to play. I don't care if that ends up making it a five-man team. They're not going to risk health of any of these kids just to win a, in the grand scheme of things, meaningless conference championship because they already have a spot in the NCAA tournament locked up, period. And a high seeding at that, you know, four or five seed is is great, you know. Yeah, they're already they're already locked up. And the game's at 215. It'll end around 415, 430. The committee pretty much has already locked in Houston seed. Already. Trust yeah. me. Okay, I've been in the room for those. That's already done. So it, it's it's not it's good for the young men to win a championship tomorrow. But if they're not healthy and if they're sick. Why play? And on that note, um, a, a quick update on SMU and Memphis. SMU has rallied back. It's a two-point game with 338 left in the first half. Memphis still with the advantage 26-24, to 24, so that one's going to be a good game going down to the wire. Uh, a player we haven't talked much about uh, in this post-game show uh, in terms of Houston and Tulane is Josh Carlton. Like you mentioned, uh, again, another player that he he got his numbers. He had 16 points. He had six rebounds. He was a very good uh, presence uh, in the paint, especially uh, he had a couple of um, shots just cleaning up the glass and, and having putbacks. What did you guys see from Josh Carlton in this outing, uh, especially uh, after in Cincinnati where he was not able to get on the floor, certainly in the first half due to foul trouble, turns around and doesn't commit a single foul against two lanes. So he, he learned a little there. It probably has a lot to do with the different – a referee crew that they had, but uh, what did you guys see from Josh Carlton in this game? Uh, I think he played more. uh, I'll I'll go first. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I I, I think he played more than um, he should have. I mean, obviously he had a good game, 16 points, like you mentioned. Um, I think if Reggie Chaney doesn't foul out or doesn't get in foul trouble, it doesn't commit that dumb technical foul. um, I think we get to arrest Josh Carlton more and I, you know, 
he's definitely one. If we're looking at ASC conference championship tomorrow, he's someone. Josh Carlton, someone you got to have on the floor as much as as much as you can to you know dominate on the glass and and play bully ball, obviously. So um, he played a great game. It's just I feel like we could have rested him a little bit more today if Reggie Cheney didn't get in foul trouble. I was very impressed with Josh's defense uh, on cross. Uh, cross is obviously quicker, um, a little more athletic player. So I was really impressed in how he was able to guard cross and not really just get beat off the dribble. I think in the paint, he played big. He was dominant. He caught everything and finished. And so he was his normal self inside. Um, just looking forward to tomorrow. I think he has to be looking at shops to play who Coach Sampson says the best player in um, the conference yeah. in Jalen Duran. He said he's a lottery pick. He's an NBA player for sure. And he said he, he's just a monster. And so for Josh, I'm sure he has oh, hopes and aspirations to play at the next level going against a surefire lottery pick. I mean, yeah, I get you got to be ready to compete. And I, I know we all are agreeing that Houston should um, have the smart um, decision as far as players' health and stuff like that. But like Chris just said, when their players are on the floor, they're going to compete. They're going to compete to win. But Coach Sampson is going to make the smart decision as far as players health-wise. But on the floor competing, uh, I want to see Josh compete against Jalen Duran. That's a matchup that I'm going to be watching. Well, whoever wins, they're playing right now. I forgot SMU. Yeah. And, um, Memphis is up too right now. And, and let me say this before we put – this commenter in in timeout Ooh, because because as a comma I immediately look, yeah look, uh, no, no put it up there then we're gonna put him in timeout um because if you can't do it I'll do it but you should have the the ability to do it in your controls Andy but you know Wayne thank you for tuning in to our show thank you for uh giving us some time with your clicking on the, the commercials so appreciate that but uh if you're gonna come on here and bash the Cougars what does it say about your team then getting those wins in. Because if you're beating a team that sucks, what does it say about you? Okay. So, I mean, Houston 28-5, third in the net. So, they're doing something right. You know, it's not their fault Oregon didn't do what we thought they would do this season. It's not their fault Virginia did not hold up their end of the bargain. It's not their fault that Oklahoma State got banned from the tournament and still had a successful season despite the punishment. So, you know, Haters going to hate 28-5, 28-5. And it's, it's interesting to me how people, Memphis beat Houston twice, but Memphis has lost to SMU twice. So, so what, what does that say about y'all? Okay, so fans will be fans and they'll pick and choose what they want to say and do all this other kind of stuff. Houston's going to be in the tournament, period. Houston was in the Final Four last year, Period. Houston lost two of its top three guards, and it's still 28-5, period. So I'll take that all day, every day. You can be a fan. You can go to the Memphis boards and talk about that and, and cry about your team only being up two points over SMU right now. Thank you for your time. Peace. I did not know that you could put uh, people in timeout. That's good to know. But uh, on that <laughs> note, I want to uh, segue to this comment. And it's something that that I agree with. And, and Dan, I know you want to touch on this, but uh, Ramon Walker's uh, form, it, it's, certain, it's a smooth, it's one motion with the release. He, he has a good motion. But, uh, Dan, I know you want to talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, and the postgame, Coach Sampson, just like um, Kyler, he said the team and the players were more happy that both of them – 
finally got shots to fall. I think it's important to Chris's point. If those players like Ramon, who probably could play more extended minutes tomorrow, I think it will be important for him, especially going forward, because any foul trouble, his number could be called. And he definitely has a good shooting motion. It's good to see him drive the basketball, look to score. And so, uh, I mean, I've been high on him throughout the entire season because I've seen him play in high school. I know his ability when he's healthy and he's fully confident. And he's only a freshman. I remember Tremont as a freshman, and I know what he can do. Um, when he comes back with, with more opportunity. And so, Ramon, I, I love um, to see him, the way he's playing, being more aggressive. Looks like he's a little bit more healthy, athletic, big guard. Dad played in the NFL, so he has a good athletic bloodline. So I, I, that was a good um, comment by SB. And Chris, also uh, Guy V. Lewis Award winner. Correct. Thank you, sir. Very, very true. He was the 2021 winner of the Guy V. Lewis Award that goes to the top boys high school player. In greater Houston, greater Houston, that's counties that are adjacent to Harris County. That's why you have not seen Terrence Arsenault's name in the list of finalists because he's in Beaumont. And Beaumont is not in a county adjacent to Harris County. So just relax on Cougar fans about that. But yes, Mr. Yanez, you can put folks in timeout and you can block them uh, also if they become too difficult. I saw that. Uh, but by the way, a quick side note, speaking of Terrence Arsenal, uh, that uh, it's interesting you guys mentioned him. It seems that, uh, well, he just led Beaumont United to win the 5A state championship in the state of Texas and had a, a double-double in doing so, 14 points, 10 rebounds. I just saw Kellen Sampson. Uh, so they won they, again, so that's back-to-back? Yes, sir. That's back-to-back. And, you know, Kellen Sampson. <clears throat> you know, tweeting about it. I'll see if I can uh, put that in the ticker. But uh, on a side note, that that's going into next season. They have a lot of uh, a lot of potential going into uh, what could be the final year in the American Athletic Conference. Um, let's wrap up a little bit more about this game, and maybe we could potentially talk some of uh, Michael Resco's comments that he had uh, during his availability, if you'd like. But anyways, to put to put a bow on this game. Um, again, uh, and not to sound like a broken record, but for those of you guys just tuning in, uh, Fabian White Jr. gets gets out early with uh, back uh, problems, back stiffness is what the, the Cougars are kind of uh, describing it, back uh, tightness, I, I should say. Uh, so essentially they go with a seven-man rotation for much of the game. Uh, really the, the player of the game was Kyler Edwards, finished with 20 points, had 6 of 12 shooting from Three, Tajay Moore had 17, Josh Carlton had 16, and obviously, of course, Jay Juan Roberts, he put in 10 and 13 rebounds. Like we just finished talking about Ramon Walker, he also had 11, and he hit three uh, threes of his own. So really uh, a strength in numbers type of win for the University of Houston Cougars. Uh, when you look at that phrase, that's a common phrase that uh, really the Golden State Warriors made famous uh, during their runs. But you look at Houston, what they were able to do with, with a seven-man rotation, they put up 86 points uh, on the board. A lot of those second-chance opportunities, 30 of them on second-chance opportunities. But, uh, Chris, when it comes to uh, the, very, the the favorite phrase that Houston likes to use when it comes to these type of wins, a culture win, they gutted it out. The next man up mentality is what Kyler Edwards said after the game. He told ESPN, um, what what did you – was there anything that stood out? Uh, obviously, of course, the rebounding does, but anything that you could see that, that really makes this team a problem that – I mean, 
to take uh, the SMU, um, Tim Jankovich's words, uh, the SMU coach from when they played Houston a few weeks back. This is going to be a team that no one's going to want to see in the NCAA tournament were his words. What what about this game? Is there something that kind of stands out that, that kind of um, supports that, uh, what, what Jankovich said? The assists, 24 assists on 32 baskets. Mm-hmm. If Houston's doing that, if Houston's offense is clicking, they're going to be hard to beat because they don't have – great shooters you know they have scores and kyla edwards has been a slump here and there but you can see a difference when he, he's making his threes and his shot wasn't as flat from three he had more of an arc on it for most of the threes he made today that makes a big difference when houston is scoring 75 points and up they're hard to beat when that a ball's moving it, it wasn't sticky it took good shots because you know some i mean the start of the game they didn't have any ball movement. One and done shooting. Just one, I mean, one pass, I'm throwing a shot. Josh Carlton took a face-up, what, 17-footer off of one pass. I'm sure Coach Hunter's like, hey, man, if you want to do that, go ahead. <laughs> but ball movement. Houston, they are never known. They're not known for clicking and be, being great offensively. If their offense can be good to slightly better than good, man, to go with good defense and great rebounding, team is that the ceiling is much higher for them in those cases. Yep, yep, you said it right, Chris. Because uh, uh, um, I said it before you got on, uh, defense and rebounding travels. No matter where gym you playing at, no matter if you playing on the street, it don't matter what gym, YMCA. If you rebounding, you playing hard defense, and you're gonna be able to be in the game. But when they making shots and they scoring the points, like you just said, the ball movement and things like that, they're going to be hard to be in. So uh, it, was, it was a good game, a good sighting. I think they came out and handled business like expected. Yeah, what I noticed um, and like what Chris mentioned with uh, the ball movement, I noticed Kyle Edwards a couple of times he actually had uh, a decently open shot, maybe in the mid-range or when he was driving, but then he passed it up for a better shot. And that also tells you how unselfish this team is from top to bottom. Uh, we don't just t- we don't just jack up threes, even if someone is hot. Which you know, some t- some people might have a disagree with that philosophy, but we just I think I feel like we just try to get the best open look possible, and that, I think that's why we just we had a great game and we blew out Tulane today. And see, I can, I, I agree, and I think that is a telltale sign when the offense starts jacking up shots when it's no ball movement when it's just no shot no passing and one shot the offense struggles we can we can see them kind of when houston began to struggle like that but when they got ball movement you know multiple passes in possession get three four five passes they get better shots and the offense is clicking and it flows much better so i I think that was the key today and if they can do that tomorrow or going forward you know that's they have it in them to have 20 assist games on 30 baskets. It's there. They got the, the talent to do that, whether it's going into post some, the Josh Carlton, pick and roll Josh Carlton. We saw a little bit. We talked about it yesterday, guys, about Tazia Moore getting looks in, in the mid-range. He has some of that today. So the very, you know, they have enough variation in the game, in, the, in their players, in the skill set to do a little bit more uh, things offensively and to have a variation and be more effective 
so we'll see if that happens tomorrow. I, I was going to transition over to to clip from Kelvin Sampson. But I, I'll put this here for a teaser on the other side of the, of the clip. Um, you know, obviously, of course, Houston's going to play either Memphis or SMU, uh, depending on the outcome of that game. But on that note, we have this clip from Kelvin Sampson. He talks a little bit more about that offense. He was asked about uh, multiple players having six or more assists, and this is what he responded. Set ball movement to you guys. Yeah, I, I think that just starts from day one about us. We don't, you know, shots. Uh, teams that that have very few assists usually have bad shots. You know, shot selection has a lot to do with it. You know, we we have uh, we scored thirty two baskets today and we had twenty four assists. You know, we've done that a lot. You know, we have a lot of thirty uh, baskets, uh, 22, 24 assist nights. We do that a lot. Uh, that's a credit to our players. You know, they buy in. You know, coaches can have game plans and establish things, but uh, um, you know, we we play team basketball at Houston, and we have we have good teams. You know, uh, we're not the best team in the country. A lot of teams uh, are better than us, um, but we don't we don't. That's not our deal. You know, uh, we just try to be the best we can be. You know, some nights it's going to be pretty good, but there's never going to be a night we don't give great effort. And that's, that's important for these kids to understand. Um, you know, without Marcus and uh, Tremont, it allowed us to uh, grow some other guys. Um, uh, without Fabian, you can see the work that we've done with uh, J1. But, um, you know, I go back to our culture. You know, if you water a tree, think about water, put watering a tree. You don't water the leaves, you water the roots. Culture's roots. That's how you grow your program. Have strong roots. And that's what culture is. There you had it. Uh, Kelvin Sampson speaking on, um, as we, we lost Chris, but Kelvin Sampson speaking about um, the offense, speaking about culture. Uh, Akib, Dayon, was there anything that, that uh, stood out to you from Sampson's comments? Because I, I think for me right there at the very end, going back to their favorite saying, culture, but I think really right there, again, not to, to hammer the point, but seven-round rotation, and somehow they got it done, and how well they played offensively, it, it shows a lot. And like Chris said, I mean, honestly, it's a, it's astounding. It's astonishing what they've been able to accomplish. Yeah, you can see from um, just dating back to the time when we had Galen Robinson, Corey Davis, uh, all Rob Gray, like all those guys, and then also obviously the other guys like Kareem. Uh, that's like we saw the the roots, we saw the trees being planted, the seeds being planted, and then like now the roots have been watered. Now you could see what it is like, like a, a tree in total. So like definitely what you know what Coach Sampson said at the end that like stood out to me the most for sure. I mean, just what stood out to me always, just the, the honest there with Coach Sampson. Serious, serious. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's going to be honest. And when they move the basketball and, and play like that, then it's good. Just like it's shown, Coach always tell us like it is. So, I mean, that, that, that was what stuck out to me, him, Coach, just being honest. And I, I think that bowls well into his players because he, he, he keeps it honest. He keeps it 100 with them. And, and that's part of that foundation, the roots that he talked about, that culture.
on that note, uh, like I said, I was going to tease. I'll put it back up on the screen, but this is for you guys, uh, for a question around the panel. Uh, who's who's the better opponent tomorrow for Houston? Would it be SMU or Memphis? And before we go around, I will give a score update. That game has gone into halftime. Memphis leads the Mustangs thirty-two to twenty-six um, in that game. And, and real quickly, when you when you look at the stats, um, oh uh, oh, that's interesting. So really, the the biggest impact for Memphis so far, at least scoring wise, Tyler Harris leads off scores with eight points. Actually, it tied with Alex Lomax, who both of them have eight points. Meanwhile, for SMU, Kendrick Davis. Uh, second in leading and scoring, but it is Marcus Weathers, number 50 for the Mustangs, that leads them with six. That's an interesting question. Obviously, Memphis um, really gave Houston problems in the regular season. Uh, I'll take it uh, that last game of the regular season. It's it's It, it was a beatdown, but obviously Houston had little to play for, and it was the fourth game in eight days. And I hate to say it like that because it sounds like an excuse, but – um, it is it is just a, a fact, but um, obviously when you look at that, you would say that from a from a higher chance to win standpoint, be SMU, especially how the the Cougars were able to dominate them when they came and played at Fertitta Center. Uh, really, it seemed like the Mustangs are just too small, and they couldn't keep Josh Carlton, Fabian White, off the boards at all. Now, obviously, of course, Fabian White seems like he's going to be a, a game time decision for whatever, whoever is in that championship game. But I'd imagine, you know, what we saw at J1 Roberts, Reggie Chaney, they still have more than enough depth at that position to, to cause a lot of havoc for, for SMU and down low. You look at Memphis, uh, Dayon, you mentioned how Kelvin Sampson raved about Jalen Duran in the postgame availability, he called them not only a first round pick, but a draft lottery pick in the NBA draft. He said it, it wouldn't matter whatever team that Jalen Duran would be in in the conference. He said that that team would probably end up winning the the American Athletic Conference Championship. So a lot of praise for Kelvin Sampson. Obviously, when you look at Memphis, they're athletic, they're big, they're physical, and they've given Houston a lot of problems. So obviously, of course, on paper, it looks like the the, the matchup that you would want for Houston to, to have the best chance at win the American Athletic Conference would be SMU. But what say y'all? I'll let um, Akib, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like, I would rather, much rather play SMU. I think we went one and one with them, and um, even even the game that we lost, I think we could have we could have came back and won it. But um, playing against Memphis, that just the matchup problems that they, that Memphis as a unit presents is is very difficult for Houston. I mean, they have size, they have athleticism, they have great guard play as well. Their guards are fast. Even though we have great perimeter defending in, you know, in Kyler Edwards and in Jamal Shedd, I still feel like if they can get switches on on UH's bigs, even that can be a problem in it of itself. Uh, so like I'm just SMU definitely is a team that I'd much rather play than Memphis, and I think we have Chris back here. Yeah, Chris joining us back on the unnamed uh, hotline. Dayon, I'll let you go first. Um, however, I will say this, active Dayon, not to stir the pot, but, uh, you know, Memphis has head coach Penny Hardaway as well, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good coach Penny Hardaway, me and Akib kind of, I don't want to call it an argument. We just have a, a conversation, a, a debate. Like, that's what people do when they have different opinions. Nowadays, people often call it an argument or nothing. We just had different opinions and, and a conversation about it, in which I was right. 
I'll give you. I'll give you that. No, I mean, I was joking. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think if Chris doesn't know, uh, me and Dayon were going back and forth about Penny Hardaway's, you know, coaching, and I thought, in my opinion, and I thought he hadn't lived up up to the expectations as a coach, just given like I think they had the number one recruiting class, but he definitely has um, steered me wrong, and like I've, you know, I'll definitely give him credit. Um, now, if we want to talk about Imani Bates not playing well, I don't know. <laughs> he should be a lot. He should have been a lot better. So, you know. oh, yeah. that's 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 two different things. Um, one of the issues Penny brought a lot of this on himself when he took yep. over at Memphis. He said we want all the smoke, so he yep. brought all that on. You know about national championship expectations. So that's he brought that on himself. Yeah, and you know the James Wiseman saga. He was part of that, so that, so that didn't, didn't help. Yep. Imani Bates, Imani Bates got to get healthy, and and he wasn't ready for, for college basketball. He, he should have stayed yeah, homeschooled or whatever, you know. I agree. Yeah, high school year for another for his senior year, he should have done that. But Memphis is playing better, and one thing, in addition to being healthy, they play hard. They compete. So the athleticism is there. I think Penny has listened to Larry Brown's influence a little bit. That's helped yeah. also in the development of of the players. So it, it's it's all a process. And and coaching AAU ball is not like coaching Division One basketball. So Penny had to learn how to be a, a good head coach. So that's also part of it. There's a reason why the coaches picked Houston to win the conference championship this year, despite Memphis having better talent, which if uh, that dude was still on here, i like him to think about. The coaches picked Houston to win the conference championship despite all the talent Memphis had. So that says something about the two programs right there. But Memphis, excuse me, Penny and Kelvin Sampson, they get along, okay? Trust me on that. They get along. Penny says a lot of stuff he says to pump up and get people hyped about you know, the action and get them involved in the game. But, you know, Coach Sampson is all about the conference. He wants to see the teams succeed in the conference because it helps everybody. So, and that's one thing I think fans of teams in the conference, any conference, seem to forget. You want the teams in your conference to do well because it helps your team nationally when your team happens to beat those teams. Because, you know, the haters talk about lack of quad one wins for Houston. Well, doesn't that say something about the American and the teams in the American? As opposed to somebody like the Big 12 or the Big 10 who, who's filled with teams with, who are in the quad one? Just think if the American had half their conference, half their teams uh, ranked in the top 40 in the net. Every team Houston played in conference could be a quad one win. But that's not the case then that's a problem with the conference. That's not Houston's problem. Narrative yeah, I don't, you want it to. I don't understand when I see Kook fans and even, you know, guys that have a, a large following be, uh, be happy when Memphis and SMU lose to bad teams. Like, that doesn't – to me, that, that makes me feel like our conference is lesser than what it is. Um, now, some maybe some might say, like, a, a team like Tulane having success – uh, in in conference is good, but then you want to see the teams like Cincinnati, 
Memphis, SMU beat up on some of these bad teams, you know, just so that it makes our conference look a lot better and, you know, helps UH's standings. Exactly. This, this is, that's the, the, every fan of a team in, in the American or going forward to Big 12 needs to look at how the conference members do non-conference and should want those teams to do well in non-conference because that helps the national exposure and attention and the net of your team once conference play starts. That's one issue where the Pac-12 has a problem. And the Pac-12 is what, guys? A supposedly Power 5 conference. But only two or three of their teams did well in non-conference. And that's why they only get, what, two or three teams talked about for spots in the NCAA tournament. You got to win non-conference games. You got to beat teams, quality teams, non-conference. It all adds up. It's all part of the body of work. So you want to see your fellow conference members doing well non-conference because it helps a rising tide floats all boats. And that's what fans seem to forget. It doesn't help that you know, Central Florida struggles non-conference or, or ECU struggles non-conference or Tulane Temple struggles non-conference. This is the American Better Conference. You want to see all those teams shine non-conference. That way, come conference time when Houston beats those teams, it means more. Dayon, uh, Chris, um, we, we kind of uh, got segued there, but I will say in the, in the original question in terms of uh, matchup that Houston should want in the championship game, like I mentioned, uh, Memphis currently leads SMU 32-26 at halftime. Uh, Akib said that, that SMU is the matchup to, to be in terms of uh, for the best chance for Houston to win. What say y'all? I mean, I'll make it real quick. Uh, um, I agree with Akib. I, I think SMU is the better matchup, especially if Fabian doesn't play because they're a smaller team. And um, we know what Memphis brings. I mean, their length, their athletic ability, their toughness, uh, along with – how well they're playing. I mean, they're playing probably as well as one of the best teams, just the way they're playing right now and throughout any conference in any team. And so I think the better matchup would be SMU um, as far as Houston goes, matching up with either one of those teams. And Chris? I, I agree with the guys. I think it's a better matchup for Houston is SMU. But if Fabian can't play, if Jamal Shedd is sick and can't play or can't play effectively, it won't matter either way if it's Memphis or SMU in terms of fan support. I like SMU to get there because maybe more folks would come from Dallas to Fort Worth for the game. And it'll possibly, if SMU wins today over Memphis, it should boost their chances of earning an at large spot in the NCAA tournament. So that would give the conference three teams. And then, of course, if Fabian can't play and the Cougars aren't healthy and don't have six, seven guys healthy, you know, or six guys tomorrow, and SMU wins the tournament tomorrow, then they got the automatic spot. So are three teams, period, for the conference. But matchup-wise, definitely SMU. Pride-wise, competition to the smack talk-wise, Memphis. You know, because yeah. it, it clearly um, – Memphis fans are, are butthurt and jealous of Houston's success. So, you know, they're jealous. They're jealous of the success, the Final Four trip that Houston made last year, the conference championship that Houston has, the titles that Houston has. I think Fabian, what did he, what did he say, guys? He's got 
seven rings, seven, seven rings. Memphis has that, that NIT championship. Wave your flag about that. Be happy about that. While the Cougars are doing things that y'all haven't done. So, and then, oh, but yeah, by the way, um, Houston's going to what conference again, guys? What, what conference that Memphis is not going to? Oh, yeah, Big 12. So wave your flag all about that stuff you want to do about Houston not be, does not be quad one wins. Well, as Joe Mendez says, Big 12 equals Q1 wins. Thank you for your time. Peace. <laughs> Drops my. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it on that note. Oh, there we go. Wayne's back. A uh, COVID final four, but uh, we'll leave it. We'll leave it on that note. Uh, once again, the final score. Co- uh, COVID Chris, NIT champs. Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have. A, I'll let you have. A, a, actually, I'll let all of y'all have a go at it once uh, we circle around. But once again, final score: Houston defeats Tulane, uh, eighty-six to sixty-six. In the American Athletic Conference semifinals, Kyler Edwards led all scores with 20 points, hit six three-point field goals to do it. Uh, though he will advance to play the winner of SMU Memphis in the American Athletic Conference championship game, which will be Sunday, which is tomorrow, obviously, of course, at 2.15 Central Time. Uh, currently, the second half is underway, and Memphis still leads 34-29, to 29, so that, that should be a good ending to that game. Uh, but thank you guys again for hopping on. Thank you for all our viewers, all our listeners, however you may be listening because this will also be available on you know spotify and apple podcast after if you weren't able to tune in live we appreciate the support once again we'd like to remind you that this is the perfect time where we could you know go around and and give our twitter plugs our social media plugs wherever that may be presented by insert company name here that's your chance uh, Akib, since you're right next to me on my screen i'll let you go first where can people find you on social media yeah you can see it on my name on um uh, right here, it's uh, at Akib M. Ghazi. Uh, you'll find me on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, I'm mainly, for now, covering UFC and, and UH. So uh, anything to do with that, you can find it on my socials. Dan, you, you can go next. Same bottom left of the screen. Follow me at Dayon Dunlap. Um, also have a, a fashion page on Instagram is Dayon Closet. If you got prom coming up, weddings, anything like that, allow me to um, be your stylist and your style consultant get you right. Because although I'm not dressed to the T right now, when I put it on, I'm, I'm very, very good at that. And so, that's club. And if, if if you do not know, you just need to see some of the the women's game on ESPN Plus because he's not lying. He is not lying. <laughs> Chris, uh, your chance to plug, man. Where can people find you? And, Appreciate and... that, uh, fellas, once again, for doing this. Glad to be part of Less Rage Cougs. On my website, thehrr.com, houstonrombarreview.com, Twitter, you see it there, thehrreview. And to that dude, mad, well, I'm media credential. I get in free. I ain't mad at nothing, okay? I'm going to the Final Four, period, whoever's there. So and you come on to a Houston Cougars post-game show, to talk about Memphis. Think about that, my man. Okay, peace. While Memphis is playing, I might add. <clears throat> but anyway, so we'll leave it on that note. We'll be back tomorrow uh, at the game at 2.15, 25, 20, 30 minutes following the conclusion of that game. It might be a little trippy because it'll be well, – we might be uh, running into Selection Sunday at the same time, so it'll be an interesting mm-hmm. time. Uh, certainly, like we said, Houston will probably be somewhere – uh, five seed, uh, potentially four seed, depending on, on how voters go. 
but it'll be exciting. Houston will try to win back-to-back American, uh, American Athletic Conference Tournament Championship uh, for the second straight year. They beat Cincinnati in the championship game a year ago, and they will face uh, the winner of Memphis and SMU. Once again, Memphis still leading by 537-32 with about 1738 left in that game. Akib, Dayan, Chris, thank you for joining us. For all the viewers, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.